your spirit and through your servant. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Thank you, band. Some of you know Jordan is my claim to fame. He's my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased and uh, thrilled to minister together. We get to do that fairly often and uh, delighted with the way those songs kind of prepare us for the day. Now, I was in Colorado Springs yesterday on my way home. Some of you come from Colorado. And Scott Ray called me and said, I was supposed to wear this today when I preached. What do you think? Me neither. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. But uh, I, I thought, you know, nothing worse than an old, fat, bald guy wearing a tight T-shirt. You know, it would be very distracting. And uh, plus it says red hot, and that's not what I would be. So some of you who are, uh, enjoy the red. I've got it on today. It's going to be a great day, beginning of a great year. And kind of a spirit day, but more important is what the Holy Spirit does in our hearts as we're gathered here in this time. I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about a mountain in Korea this morning as we begin. The largest church in the world is found in Seoul, Korea. It is the Yoido Full Gospel Church, pastored by um, a man named Yonggi Cho, David Yonggi Cho. He's got a great church growth method. He prays four hours a day. And out of that comes this amazing sense of God's blessing. But some people have heard of this mountain that's always associated with a church. It's called Prayer Mountain. It actually is a place where the people from that church and the community and really all around the world come and they pray. It's so large it can actually handle about 10,000 people at a time who come and pray alone or pray with other people. And every time you think of David Yonggi Cho, every time you think of the Yoido Full Gospel Church, you think of Prayer Mountain. Today we're here on another mountain in Virginia. And my dream, my passion, for you, for me, for us together, is that the day will come when just as Yoido Church and Pastor Cho are synonymous with Prayer Mountain, that Liberty University and Liberty Mountain will be known as a prayer mountain. That God is doing things here in your heart, my heart, and in our midst together that can only be described in terms of His power and glory and presence And the day will come when the name Liberty is synonymous with Prayer Mountain. And as each of us respond to that, that will be a powerful reality that God obviously would use to touch the world through each and every one of us. You might ask, how could that happen here? Well, I'll tell you how it wouldn't happen. It's not going to happen because you feel guilty. It's not going to be happen because once a month, I, I mean once a semester, I get up here and preach on prayer and Pastor Johnny tells you to pray. Guilt won't get us there. It won't happen out of duty because, you know, if I'm going to be a good Christian, i got to pray. That won't get us there. It won't happen just because we have a structure of prayer, just because some of your prayer leaders or SLDs. That's a wonderful thing, but that's not going to turn this into a prayer mountain in and of itself. It won't happen just because we have all-night prayer meetings or other activities. It won't happen just because we stay so busy that we try to cram prayer in between it all. It's only going to happen one way, and that is one heart at a time. As God stirs your heart and my heart and the hearts of freshmen and sophomores and seniors and sixth-year seniors and all those who are here, that God would cause their hearts to be captured with the privilege of what today I'm describing as the secret to a transformed life. Now, um, I am here uh, actually as a pastor on staff at Thomas Road, and uh, one of my jobs is to come along, Pastor Johnny and Dwayne, and to supplement some of the things that happen here. And in these days, there are a number of things we're doing I just want to mention to you and encourage you with, one of which is a fantastic prayer tool. It's called the 2959 Plan. Some of you have that. I'm going to mention Dr. Peter Lord in a few moments. He wrote this back in 1976. It sold 600,000 copies. 
I was just talking to him this morning, in fact, and uh, he's allowed us to have the rights to it. 2959, by the way, is a non-legalistic way to spend 30 minutes a day in prayer. Uh, so it's called 2959, not 30. And uh, it's got tabs today. I prayed for missionaries, Johnny, in the Eastern Hemisphere, and the Western Hemisphere. Every day you pray for a certain thing. But the beauty of it, it is a worship-based prayer tool. And today, if you want some, we have them in the back, credit card or cash or whatever. We want to get them into your hands. They're $20. But uh, it will be the greatest investment you've ever made in your own prayer life. In addition to that, some of you know, we just started the first ever prayer class uh, totally dedicated to prayer here at Liberty University on Monday nights, and we're having a great time uh, studying and learning and praying together. In addition to that, this coming Wednesday night, concurrent with the closing of Spiritual Emphasis Week, we are starting a once-a-month prayer service in Pate Chapel, uh, same time as Campus Church, uh, designed really to pray for Campus Church. But it'll be a worship-based prayer experience called The Encounter at 7.30, and there will be no speaker Uh, No special music. It'll all be simply about a worship-based, spontaneous, participatory opportunity to experience the presence of God. And, of course, this Wednesday night, we're really going to be praying for the final night of Spiritual Emphasis Week. Uh, We're having another prayer summit in September, 26th and 27th at Eagle Irie, starting on a Friday night at 6 p.m., until Saturday at 10 with no agenda at all. We're going to come and read the scriptures and worship and see what God does. And it'll be a life-transforming event. You see the slide about that as well. And then on October 21st, we are hosting a day at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We're actually taking at least one, maybe two buses up there. And all day long, Pastor Jim Symbol and I will be teaching. We're going to be joining his staff for their staff chapel and their prayer time. We're going to be a part of this Tuesday evening prayer meeting with 4,000 people from the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We want you to get infected with a passion for God. And it doesn't happen just academically. It happens as we taste and see that the Lord is what? He is good. And today I want to talk to you about that as we get into our message this morning. Again, I call it the secret to a transformed life. I say this with passion, first of all, because I know it's a biblical idea, and we're going to look at that, but secondly, because this is very personal to me. Uh, Some of you know I'm an alumnus of Liberty. I came here in 1976, uh, graduated from seminary in 1983, and perhaps one of the most life-changing moments of my entire Christian journey occurred my freshman year, sitting in Wednesday night church, and a guy named Peter Lord came in from Titusville, Florida. Hey, Titusville. And he spoke about the difference between seeking God's hand and seeking God's face. I'd never heard of that before. I tried to pray. I'd go into my closet for an hour at a time and try to learn the techniques of prayer. When I had a crisis, man, I would call out to God. I'd pray about all the little details of my life. But I had never heard about this idea of the, the face of God. And it stirred within me a desire and a longing that literally has changed the trajectory of my entire life. And today I want to talk to you about that very same thing. I want us to look briefly at a passage. We'll break it down, and then from there we're going to look at a few verses and illustrate and close today. 2 Corinthians 3.18. I think this passage is probably at the heart of Paul's understanding of ministry and the gospel. And I want to read it. You can follow along. It should be on the screen as well. Paul says this, But we all, with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me just break that down just for a minute. It starts with we all. 
The context is Moses. He had a unique privilege. He would go up on the mountain, sometimes 40 days at a time, as you know, and he would meet with God face to face, and God would speak to his heart. And he would come down from that mountain, and, and this radiance was on him, and he would hold a veil there because it was fading, and he was kind of embarrassed by that, and maybe it was even overwhelming to the people. But we all, every one of us now, with an unveiled face, no veil, in fact, the veil that separated man from the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, was taken away when Christ died, wasn't it? And now we, you and me, we go into that very Holy of Holies with an unveiled face, and we are beholding, literally the word is experiencing, as in a mirror. Now, you've got to remember the mirrors back then don't look like the mirrors now. Uh, my daughter Heather has one of these seven times mirror things on, in her bathroom. And man, I look at that and my nose looks like the crater of the moon in that thing. You know how that works? I can even see a few hairs up there that usually don't show up, but they're still hanging in there. I mean, it wasn't that kind of mirror. It was a mirror that wasn't really clear. And that's the idea. We don't really see God full on, face to face. If we did, we would die. But to the degree to which he allows us to experience his glory and his presence, we all behold as in a mirror the glory or presence of God, and we are being transformed. The Greek word there is metamorphumatha. Say that with me. Metamorphoon. Makes you feel smart, doesn't it? Yeah. But you get the idea. Metamorphosis. We're changing from glory to glory. There's no limit to the growth and the depth and the experience that we can have in Christ as from one level of glory to another level of his presence, we are being changed by the Spirit of Jesus within us. That's the idea of this verse, and that really is the essence of the secret I want to talk to you about today. And here is the secret. It boils down to this very simple statement. It is a passion, a passion for the person and the presence of God in a lifestyle of seeking his face a lifestyle of seeking God's face. That verse talked about glory. That's a weird word. It's not one you really read in the Lynchburg News in advance very often. Uh, we think about the glory of the gold and the Olympics. But the biblical idea of glory, and I know this is a bit theological, but just hang with me for a minute, is really this. This is kind of the Henderson definition. The idea of God's glory is the magnification of the person of Christ by his people. A minute ago, we were magnifying Jesus, weren't we? And the Bible says, give him glory or glorify the Lord. We were, we were glorifying Jesus in, in, uh, in our midst here. But it is also, catch this, the manifestation of the presence of Christ among his people. It is when Jesus' presence is real and dynamic and life-transforming in our midst. And that's what that verse talks about. From glory to glory, we are experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to you today about God's face. Now, that's what uh, scholars call an anthropomorphism. Say that word. Anthropomorphism. Now you're really smart, aren't you? Anthropomorphism. Wow. I learned a new word. What's that mean? It's when the Bible uses human terms to describe God to us so that we get it. In other words, the face of God. That, 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 he doesn't really have a face. The arm of God, the ear of God, the eye of God. God is spirit, right? He dwells in unapproachable light. He is immortal and invisible. But so that we understand how God so desperately wants to connect with us. He describes himself in personal terms and the most intimate and powerful of all of those terms is the idea of the face of God. Moses prayed to God and fellowship with him face to face as a man speaks to his friend. The idea of uh, 
meeting God face to face is the full experience of his presence. Jacob, when he wrestled with God, he says, I've seen God face to face. It is the best description of intimacy and, and the presence of God in our lives. The Bible's full of references to that. I think of the blessing in number six where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord cause his face, his face to shine upon you. Psalm 67, verse 1, I think you see it on the slide. It says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his, what? His face to shine upon us, his blessing, his presence. Psalm 105, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. I think of when Peter preached the gospel in Acts. He described it this way, repent and your sins will be taken away and blotted out so that times of refreshing would come from the presence of God. That's the essence of the Christian life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, again, one more verse as we get ready to move on. But it says, God who said, light shall shine out of darkness. Think of the power of that. Is the same God who has shown where now? Right here. Right in our hearts. To give to us what? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, we're not just talking about some idea that's unattainable. But it's that Jesus wants to meet us face to face, intimately, in a life-transforming way as we seek him. 2 Chronicles 7.14, we all know that verse. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and do what? And seek my face. You see, that's the power of the greatest secret in the world. To have this passion for the presence and the person of God in a lifestyle of seeking his face. So, real briefly, three things that it takes in our lives for us to discover this secret. Number one, it requires a dissatisfied heart. A dissatisfied heart. It's been said that... uh, To be satisfied with yourself is a sure sign that your forward motion is about to stop. And some of you, even as you're listening this morning, even as you've been here at Liberty already, you're saying, you know, it's not enough just to come and get an education. It's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to to excel in in my, my sports endeavors or in my role in the dorm. But there's a stirring within me to know him, to experience him. And there's another element of dissatisfaction. And I I think this is life-changing for me. It is a a dissatisfaction with simply seeking the hand of God versus experiencing the face of God. Now, God's hand is what he does for us, the hand of the Lord. God's face is who he is. I'm going to ask Johnny to help me out on this. (coughs) Sorry to interrupt your notes there, Johnny, but I got a $20 bill here, which Johnny can use to take someone out on a date or who knows what, put gas in your car so you can run the football players over or whatever. So I come up to Johnny and I see Johnny. I say, Johnny, it is great to see you today, man. I sure love you and appreciate you, brother. You are such a good friend and I love your preaching, man. You got such a great heart and I'm so excited about getting to know you, man. All right, so that's one approach, obviously. What am I focused on? What's in his hand? All right, come up to Johnny. I say, Johnny, I love you, man. Love you like a son. Makes me feel old. Uh, <laughs> love your preaching. Love your heart. Love everything about you. Love the fact that I'm taller than you. That makes me feel good. But uh, I love you. Want to be with you, man, and uh, just want to serve the Lord together. Thanks, brother, for being my friend. So what's Johnny want to do right now? Yeah, he wants to give me the 20, doesn't he? Say, Andrew, you can keep the 20, by the way, Johnny. Give Johnny a big hand. That's the best acting he's done in a while, all right? But now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Honestly, 
What does your prayer life look like? Scenario one or scenario two? See, what has to happen in your heart that, is that you're no longer satisfied with just looking what, what is in God's hand. Just coming to him when you're in crisis. Just praying for other people as a duty, although that's a good thing. Just, just asking him for help before the final grade you know, comes in. Whatever it is. No, it's got to be more than just his hand, but it's got to be his face. And at some point in every one of our lives, if we're going to discover the secret, we've got to come to the point where we say, God, it's your face. It's not just your hand. Because honestly, if all you do is seek his hand, you may miss his face. But if you learn to seek his face, he will be glad to open his hand and satisfy every desire of your life. So it takes a dissatisfied heart. Secondly, it takes a desiring heart. A desiring heart. I love what the scripture says about this, Psalm 17, 5. It says, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness, and I will be satisfied with your likeness when I am awake. It's really the kind of the Old Testament version of 2 Corinthians 3, 18. My heart's going to long to see your face, and uh, not only day by day on this earth, but someday in eternity, I will be satisfied to be like Jesus, because that's the result of having this desire to seek his face. You know that uh, physical desires and spiritual desires are different. God says, my ways are not your ways. And uh, one of the things I've discovered is that physically when you are hungry, you eat, right? You go down to the rot and uh, you, you eat and you're satisfied or sick or something. Anyway, you eat. And uh, so physically you eat and you're satisfied, right? Physically, if you're hungry and you don't eat, what happens? You get hungry, right? Man, your stomach starts growling, you get grumpy, yell at your roommate. Uh, spiritually, it's just the opposite. Catch this. Spiritually, when you are hungry and you eat, you get hungrier. The desire grows, the longing gets deeper, uh, the, the adventure becomes more exciting to you. But spiritually, when you don't eat, you become satisfied. And some of you here today, you, you haven't eaten in a while. You haven't sought the Lord for a long time, and the desire is just not there. And some of you this morning, you got up, and his presence was sweet, and it was real, and you're listening to this, and your hunger's growing. And really, to, to discover this secret, you've got to have that desire that continues to grow in your life. When I was in college, the, the Johnny Moore of my day was an old dude named Sumner Wimp. He was bald. I wasn't at the time, but now he and I are charter members of the Fellowship of the Four Heads. And, and he, uh, he would get up here, and, and he would always pound his chest and say, oh, glory. But, but I remember sitting in his classes, and he told something that I'll never forget. He said, you know, there were times in his life when he was praying, and the presence of God was so real. He said it was this, if, if I opened my eyes, I would be looking at God straight in the face. I thought, wow. I've never had that happen before. What would that be like? I mean, I prayed and, you know, I tried to be a good Christian, but wow, that, that close, that real? One Friday night my sophomore year, I was uh, in my dorm room down at the old Stewart Arms Hotel in downtown Lynchburg. And it was a Friday night, and it was unusual. I was not out on a date. I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I had a reputation for dating around a lot in college, 
and it was true. I did. I did. I have to admit that. My theory is you've got to drop your line in the water a lot of times to find the fish. Dane Emmerich's shaking his head, I mean, nodding his head. He knows it's true. Don't tell anybody, Dane. All right? Anyway, so it was an unusual Friday night. And I, I had nothing to do, man, no dates. I, something went wrong. My plan didn't work or something. So I was just sitting there in my room. My roommates were gone. We had three roommates in this room, and uh, I just decided to spend some time with the Lord. What a concept. I, I began to read my journal where I was, had been writing about what God was doing in my life, and I began to read some scripture, and I just felt this strange stirring in my heart of gratitude over all that God had been doing in my life, and I suddenly realized how active he had been in every step along the way, and I began to weep, and, and, and I don't know why, but I wound up just laying face down on that toe-jam-infested carpet in my dorm room. I, I didn't even care at the time. And I just began to weep and pour out my heart to God in worship and in gratitude because I realized how actively involved in my life he was. And two hours later, I opened my eyes And it was the sweetest experience I'd ever had in my life. And it was as if I opened my eyes, I would be seeing God face to face. And that hunger began to grow and to grow. Of course, it's resulted into a whole lifestyle as a pastor of just wanting and longing for the people of my churches. And and you here now at Liberty to have that passion and desire. So it's... It's a desire. That's the desire that will bring us tonight to pray all night. Not just to pray for things, but to seek Him. On Wednesday nights, once a month as we do this encounter, it's all about seeking his face, not just his hand. And then finally, there's a determined heart that must occur within us, a a desiring heart, a dissatisfied heart, and a determined heart. You know, it takes a lot of determination to get through these years of liberty, doesn't it? it? It takes academic determination to study, to write the papers, to stay up all night, to get the grades, to do what you have to do. It takes determination in uh, maybe the sport you're in or your role as an RA or an SLD to stay with the task and to do a good job. It takes social determination to find that husband before you leave this campus one way or the other, you know, and, and, and just that, that determined attitude to do what has to be done. But I want to tell you the most important determination of these years you will be here will be the determination of this secret we're talking about today, this passion for the person and the presence of God through a lifestyle of seeking his face. And Psalm 27.4 says it this way, and you see it on the screen. In fact, read that aloud with me, all right? Let's read it aloud together. Here we go. One thing I have asked from the Lord, and that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. One thing, a determination of all my life, of anything else I may choose, the one thing more than everything else is to behold the beauty of the Lord, to seek his face, to know his presence. That's the cry of Psalm 84 that we sang earlier. It is that that one day in his house that's better than anything else I could possibly do It's to see his face, to experience his presence, and to be transformed from glory to glory. That's what Paul said in Philippians 3. He said, all the things I've achieved in life, and he'd achieved a lot, I mean, academically, religiously, socially, he said, I count them all as loss for Christ, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. More than that, he says, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And in fact, he said, if I put everything on this side of the balance, 
all my learning, all my education, all my social connections, everything I've achieved, and I put one thing over here, and that is knowing Jesus, all that would be dung. It would be rubbish. It would be trash compared to the single most important thing of my life, and that is that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings, the power of his resurrection, and be made conformable unto his death. Now, as we wrap up, and we think about this great secret in life, to have a passion for the presence and the person of God through a lifestyle of seeking his face and and being dissatisfied just with his hand, although that's a wonderful thing to see God moving and working, but it's really about him. To have this spiritual desire that continues to grow and have a determination that it will be the one thing above everything else that I'm going to focus on. I have some great news for you as we conclude. Some great news about all that I've been saying. And it's found in Psalm 27 in verse 8. And here's what it says. Read this with me as well, all right? Let's read it together. Here we go. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, will I seek. Now keep that slide up there just for a minute. Think of what's being said right there. You know what the great news is about today's message? Is that God is taking the initiative, not you. Because the psalmist said, Lord, when you said to me, seek thy face, then, then I, in response, said back to you, okay, Lord, your face will I seek. I want to tell you the beauty of what we're talking about today is it's not up to you. It's not that some of you woke up and you breathed some kind of blue Holy Ghost gas in your room today, and, and now suddenly you're a God face seeker. No. It's not that you took the right vitamins or you grew up in the right church. It's that God is actively right now on this campus, in this room, in this moment, tonight in the prayer meeting, tomorrow morning when you wake up, God is crying out to your heart, seek my face. Seek my face. And he asks you to simply respond and say, okay, Lord, your face will I seek. You see, God wants you to experience this more than you want to. So it's not really up to you to, to be some super pious, super religious person. It's not up to you to, to try to, to, to win the, you know, the, the, the Pharisee of the Year Award. No, it's not that at all. It's your heart simply saying to God, okay, I'm there. I hear it. I'm coming, Lord. It's not just your hand. It's not all this stuff that my life is about. It's about seeking your face because you are calling me to come. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4. He said the day will come when people will worship in what? Spirit and in truth. For what? The Father does what? He seeks those people to worship him. This morning, I don't know what God's doing in your heart. I don't know if maybe for some of you this moment is a lot like the moment I had when I sat as a freshman and listened to Peter Lord talk about seeking God's face, but it was a revolutionary moment in my life, and nothing was ever the same after that. And those moments came, and over the years, God has allowed me to, 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 to not only experience it personally, but to see pastors and churches come into this beautiful experience we call worship-based prayer, not simply request-based prayer. Sometimes three days at a time with, with uh, people from congregations just seeking the face of God, being changed, being set free, being transformed, being made new, being called into ministry. 
And I believe this year that's what God wants to do on this campus. Because when people think of Korea, they think of Prayer Mountain. And our passion, our desires, when people think of liberty, they think of Prayer Mountain. Young men and women who understand the greatest secret in life, and that is a passion for the presence and person of God through a lifestyle of seeking His face. In just a moment, as the band comes up, we're going to sing a final song of dedication. And and I'm going to ask some of you, maybe you're saying, Pastor Daniel, I feel... I feel God saying that to me today. And I'm not sure I know how, but I know I just want to say to the Lord, Lord, your face will I seek. And in a moment as we sing that song, maybe as we close, some of you want to just come down here and, and, and uh, say, Lord, here am I. I want to seek your face. Show me how. I'm going to ask some of you just to stand where you are because as we close, I want to pray for you that you will be responsive to that call this year. But I close with a story that's very fresh. Monday... I was in Sherman, Texas, and uh, leading a, a group of pastors from dozens of churches in a day of study and learning and prayer. And uh, at the end of the day, we had a two-hour prayer time, totally spontaneous. Uh, one of them picked a passage of Scripture. We read it, and we began to pray out of that passage for a couple of hours. And at a certain time early on, one of the phrases in that text was about seeking God's face, seeking God's face. So as we were praying, the Holy Spirit just kind of prompted me to lead them into a responsive time. And I said, I said, pastors, as we're sitting here thinking about seeking God's face, I want you to finish a prayer this morning or this afternoon. I want you to finish this sentence, Lord, when I see your face, I see and fill in the blank. Lord, when I see your face, I see and they begin to pray. And tears began to come down the eyes of the cheeks of some of these pastors who, who some hadn't wept in a long time. But as they looked at his face, as they beheld his glory, they were just crying out things like, Lord, when I, when I seek your face, I see beauty. Lord, when I seek your face, I see acceptance. When I seek your face, I see your delight in me. When I seek your face, I see forgiveness. When I seek your face, I see majesty. I see holiness. I I see renewal. I see transformation. I see the all-knowing God. I see the all-powerful God. And, and, And as much as this year we want to pray about things, we want to pray about our dorm, we want to pray about our family back home, we want to pray for each other, we don't want to just settle in with the hand of God. But we want to see the face of God. And the Bible says, as we all, with an unveiled face now, are beholding as in a mirror the glory, the presence of the Lord, we are being, what was that big word again? Let's see, metamorphumatha, right? We are being transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory, being made more and more like Jesus by the power of His Spirit in us as we live out this secret to a transformed life. As Jordan and the band plays in this final moment, I'm wondering how many of you today say, Daniel, uh, I do. I, I hear God just saying, seek my face. And you want to just maybe mark this moment this morning in some way. And if you do, I want to pray for you. Maybe in this final song, as Jordan and the team sing, You'd want to just come and kneel here and say, Lord, here I am. Thy face, O Lord, will I seek.
not your hand, not just school, not just activities, but you. Or maybe you just stand where you are, and in so doing, you just say, here I am, Lord, I, I feel the call, and I stand on my feet, and I say, Lord, your face will I seek. And so I want to pray for those of you who might stand where you are, those who might come, and, and very simply saying, Lord, set the trajectory of my life to seek your face. As they sing, stand, come, kneel, and, and then I'll close with a prayer for those of you who are feeling that call and who are responding right now. Let's worship as our hearts listen. Our, our hearts say yes. Yes, Lord, for those who are standing this morning saying, Lord, I, I, in a unique sense in this moment, feel you saying to me, seek my face. For those who come here in the front, kneeling, bowing. Lord, I, I pray that you in your faithful desire Cause them to know you, Lord. We'll draw them close. We'll show them your glory, Lord, in these next days and hours and months. I pray for those who maybe don't feel that sense today. Maybe, maybe this is something they've already done and they get it. Lord, some are sitting here today because they don't hear the voice. They, they don't sense the desire, Lord. It might be sin. It might be distractions. It it just might be confusion, but Lord, we pray that in this semester there would be an unleashing of a sense of your presence in this place, Lord, that, that this would be a prayer mountain. And it wouldn't be about our crises or our, our, our requests as good as they are, but Lord, it would be ultimately about you. So God, 
We say, yes, yes, Lord. You say to us, seek my face. And in this day, we say to you, O Lord, your face will I seek. And our lives will never be the same because of Christ, in whose name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you this weekend. See you tonight at the prayer meeting. Bye-bye.